Hitchhikers. So starting this week, we're going to be focusing on my favorite game of all time, Ocarina of Time. So this is just a quick overview of the game for anybody who's never played it before. And we're going to be including a beginner's Q&A to go along with that. So if you've played Ocarina of Time before, you can just skip right on over this and go straight to episode 3 where we talk about how this game was just a remarkable pivot point in the series. Thanks, guys. Now, today I've got my younger sister, Bella Short, as my guest on the show. Bella, welcome, and start out by telling us just a little bit about your experience with Zelda and your personal hitchhike through Hyrule. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, thanks for having me here. Um, So for me, Zelda really started by watching you, Timmy, Dad, just watching you guys play like Twilight Princess, for sure. That's where it kind of, I feel like, started. And then you guys just always talking about it. Four Swords, and we had all the DS versions, like Spirit Tracks, and I think Oracle of Seasons on the Game Boy and all that kind of stuff. But the ones that I was diehard for, like I love across the board, it started with Wind Waker. That's, I think, the first game I ever actually beat and defeated Ganon and everything all by myself, too. That's, I think, the big thing is I did it by myself. (laughs) And then I got into Breath of the Wild. I kind of got into Skyward Sword before you took it to college. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, now they've got the HD remake, so you've got no excuses. That's true. It's true. But, but yeah, it, I mean, it's very minimal, my my experience with Zelda, but I still love it through and through. Awesome. Thanks. You know, a funny thing about Wind Waker being your first actual, like, beaten playthrough and, like, one of your favorite Zelda games was that when we got Ocarina, or when we got Wind Waker for the first time, it was your first Christmas. Nice. It was, yeah, Christmas Meant of 2004. Be. Seriously. So your first Christmas. Now, it wasn't your Christmas gift. It was mine, but but you were there. I was was there. It was my first one. (laughs) Yeah. Timmy and I talked last episode how the HD remakes of like Wind Waker and Twilight Princess made it so that younger kids like like you and Maddie were able to play those classic games and Mm -hmm. fall in love with them. So I I love that. Um, So so today, Bella is going to give us the beginner's point of view on Ocarina of Time because... She's never played it before, so she fits nope. right in with those of you who stuck around for this little episode <laughs> bit. Oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So she's going to do that by moderating our Q&A today. But first, let me give the spoiler-free story overview that goes along with this game. Okay. So in this Zelda game, Link is tasked by the royal family of Hyrule to collect three spiritual stones. Like the three spiritual stones of Hyrule, which each is guarded by a different tribe. So then he uses the stones to access the Master Sword, the blade that repels evil. And so then after that, he needs to awaken the seven sages that have the power to seal away the evil that threatens the kingdom of Hyrule. So there you go. Like a very broad story overview of Ocarina of Time. (laughs) So Bella, what might you or others who've never played the game before want to know before starting their playthrough? Of Ocarina of Time. Seriously, my basic knowledge of this game, which is so funny because it's like your and Timmy's favorite. The, my basic knowledge is you have an ocarina and that's like how you perform different like not spells, but it's, you know, how you do like different um, tasks or whatever. And so I think my first question, seeing as Wind Waker is like my game that I've like I have, you know, very strong ties with how. Right. Yeah. Is- like your frame of reference. Yeah, exactly. So how is the Ocarina in comparison to like the Wind Waker itself, like in the Wind Waker games compared to Ocarina? Is it the same thing where it's like you rely on it? It's like a crucial part of the game or is it just kind of that other tool you have? Yeah, it's interesting how Zelda games are titled based on the most useful 
asset in the game. Mm-hmm. And even more abstract games like Twilight Princess end up doing that because Midna is like your most useful asset and she's the Twilight Princess. So Ocarina of Time is the same. Exactly. You very much rely on the Ocarina. You don't get the Ocarina of Time to start, but you do have an Ocarina and you mm-hmm. use it to warp across Hyrule to different regions like you said, you kind of, it's almost like you're casting spells because uh, you can use it to manipulate the weather, the time of day, perform tasks <laughs> or solve puzzles. But as a story element, it is also very pivotal in helping you get the Master Sword, which you need to defeat evil. So right. it is really similar to the Wind Waker because the Wind Waker uh, was used to warp or to get you into dungeons or affect the time of day. So yeah, very, very similar mechanics there. Okay. Yeah, so then your overview kind of reminded me of that, like just based off what I've heard. But I think definitely for beginners, how does the time aspect play into the game? Yes, very good question. So Ocarina of Time is named that because it does, in fact, manipulate time. I'll say that there are two modes of this game. There's a child mode and an adult mode. And by modes, I mean they are like pieces of the story, meaning you are going to do part of it when you're a child. And then you're going to go forward in time to an adult. And you'll have the ability to go back and forth. So time becomes a very important component of Ocarina of Time. Okay. Yeah. I hope that answers your question. Yeah, it does. For me, I, there's so much of like Majora's Mask and Ocarina of Time and Twilight Princess that kind of get meshed together, which I've talked about before with you guys. So there's so much of it that gets totally like meshed together. And I can't remember which one's from which. So like now I'm kind of starting to remember what from Ocarina of Time is actually in it. So it's like the Temple of Time, I feel like in a lot of other games doesn't play as huge of a role, but it's like there, like in Breath of the Wild, it's where you can find one of the goddess statues. But I feel like it's like a key place in Ocarina of Time, correct? Yes, the Temple of Time, which had its origins in Ocarina of Time. It is the resting place of the Master Sword. So that's where you're going to go to find it. And then it's also going to be the launch point for where you go back and forth through time. My next question is in comparison to other games. So like in Wind Waker, you have to go through the different phases of Ganon, you know, where you have to go through like Puppy Ganon and, oh, it's evading me now. What, you know, but there's like the different right, stages. The spider of Ganon, Ganon and the, the yeah. snake Ganon. Yep. Yeah. So like there's different parts of Ganon that you have to defeat before you actually get to the real Ganon. In Skyward Sword, there's Demise and there's Gear Him. And, and so in Ocarina of Time, what does the Ganon battle look like? It's very similar to Wind Waker and Twilight Princess, as we're, we talked about briefly in the last episode, and more deeply we'll talk about in the upcoming episode. Uh, I think o- Ocarina of Time was the origin of this multi-part final boss battle, because okay. it, it will be multiple parts. Which is funny because talking to Dad, so Ocarina of Time was the first game he played, that's what got me and Timmy started on it. And one of my earliest memories was when he played against Ganondorf. But in talking to him about that experience, it was actually quite frustrating for him <laughs> because he finally got they they spent a couple weeks busting through this file because they were borrowing the game to to test it out. So he'd spent two weeks getting through his file, finally got to the final boss battle with Ganondorf, fought through the first part. And then the second part comes and he's like, okay, yeah, it's fine. This kind of makes sense, whatever, get to the bottom. And then the third part comes and he's like, are you kidding me? Like, will this game never end? And so then the third part gets done and he was expecting a fourth part, but then it was truly over. 
So th- this was kind of a new thing for Zelda games, but mm-hmm. now now we're used to it. I mean, your first game, Wind Waker, same thing. You have yeah f- multiple parts. Yeah. Okay. So that, that's nice. Yeah, because I was even thinking about like Breath of the Wild is the same way because you have to technically do yeah. all the divine beasts and then you I, do the the guardian yeah. version and then you have to do the giant monster. <laughs> So in Breath of the Wild, there's obviously like the main quest things led by Zelda or Ipa. There's those main quest things that kind of guide you along. In Wind Waker, there's the king who's in boat form and he's kind of your guiding character. I'm also playing Link's Awakening right now, the HD reboot of Link's Awakening right now. And you have the owl who's also giving you like those guiding. He's your guide in that. So what is it? So is there a guide and who is that? And like, how does that play in for Ogre of Time? Especially when you're jumping between two different times. Absolutely. Yes. So fans of the game infamously remember the fairy Navi, who is your (laughs) your guide and companion. But Link starts out in the forest. He is living amongst the woodland spirits known as Kokiri, who take on the form of children. And every Kokiri has a guardian fairy with them, but Link doesn't. He's the only Kokiri without a fairy. So the game starts with the the the, uh, patriarch spirit of the forest, the great Deku tree, giving a fairy or assigning a fairy to Link. So Navi is tasked with helping Link fulfill his destiny. And so she is that guide. She functions just like uh, Midna, the king of red lions, Fee, and she is able to accompany him as he travels through time as well. Navi is infamous too because she has a tendency to be very irritating about the way that she helps you and gives you hints and stuff. Definitely Navi is infamous for being not chill about giving it. Yeah, exactly. I seriously, I don't understand like with Ocarina of Time being your guys' favorite, how often, because now we're talking about it, I'm like, okay, I totally know what Ocarina of Time is. <laughs> yeah. But for some reason, I can never just remember that, especially because, again, I've never really played it. Because at least with Majora's Mask, there was the Super Smash levels that you could play. And I think I've, I think I'd seen you guys play it like once or twice, but I think Ocarina of Time is the one that I've never truly watched you guys play. So for some reason, it's the one I can never remember. <laughs> yeah, and it just goes to show that you really have to play through this game to oh, yeah. really take in just how powerful of a game it is because yeah for me and timmy and even dad uh, and mom who watched him play it was deeply rooted in us after that to the point that we're making family films trying to adapt ocarina of time and it'd be our halloween costumes and stuff and stuff that you were surrounded with because you hadn't played through it or seen it played through all the way those details never clicked together you can talk about them all you want and like you can really dive in, but you never really feel that same enjoyment and like pleasure until you have actually played the game and experienced it for yourself. Yeah, so true. I think the only other question I had was how side quests are related to other like, but again, is there side quests to the point where like you can kind of jump out of the main play and enjoy a whole bunch of side quests, which I'm sure I'm pretty sure every Zelda game is that way where like they provide side quests along the way. So you don't just have to bust through the game. But what are side quests like? Are they the same like, oh, help this person find the cuckoos or go collect this many of this and whatever. And I'll give you rupees or like <laughs> you, do you have, have a very, you have a very good that? handle on the Ocarina of time side quests there you just named kind of some of the big two the gold sculptulas hunt and the wrangling cuckoos um yeah i I think uh, that or zelda's very predictable because i feel like every zelda game there's a cuckoos (laughs) side quest every time well 
Because Breath of the Wild has one. Yes, it does. You're right. <laughs> now you have and to I mean, wonder. Even Link's Awakening kind of has one. Yeah. Yeah, and it begs the question, is it predictable or are they references back to Ocarina of Time? Because for a lot of those, Ocarina of Time was the origins. So that's the debate. But um, as far as side quests are, Ocarina of Time is pretty good. Definitely for people who are interested more in the side quests who play the way Timmy does, this is a good game for that. There are really solid side quests and... This, having been the first 3D game in the series, made it pretty exciting to get into side quests because it just gave you excuses to travel through the different regions of Hyrule. Now, I wouldn't say this is like a superb side quests game because its sequel coming right after it is Majora's Mask, which is like the ultimate side quest game. You know, so if you're more side quest inclined, I'd just point you to Majora's Mask. But for people mm-hmm. who are planning to play through Ocarina of Time, but they like getting into the side quests stuff, Ocarina of Time has some really good ones. Which again, plays into the whole idea that you really have to play the games because I feel like that's something so unique to like the Nintendo world is that like the idea of just side quests for fun, just because there's not like a, a huge like KO aspect of this game like in different video games across the board like halo or call of duty like there's not a ko base it's purely story based so having that side quest i think is is super cool and a a huge part of the games themselves yeah and it's pretty thrilling as a fan of the game a longtime fan because like i'll come back and do another playthrough of ocarina of time and i'll go do a side quest i've never done before so it Mm -hmm. speaks to the fact that really at the end of the day you just got to go play this game so that's our challenge to all of our listeners coming out of this little episode lit is go play the game because for the next several episodes we're going to be diving in deeply into ocarina of time and spending a good chunk of time there because for the three of us hosts of the show me and timmy tyson ocarina of time was foundational so May the Triforce be with you as you begin your journey through Ocarina of Time. <laughs>